I'd like to begin this morning by inviting Adkelt back up uh, to share the first part of our message today uh, with us. Adkelt, welcome. We are, we are delighted to have you with us and a Thank partner you. in this new ministry we have. Thank you so uh, much. Tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you, Pastor Jim. Yeah, uh, first, first of all, I just want to say I'm very delighted to be here and to be worshiping he, uh, with you here today. It's, it's such a blessing. Uh, yeah, to tell you a little bit about myself, um, my wife and our son, we live in uh, Colorado Springs, and um, I am originally from Ethiopia, and I grew up in Addis Ababa. Addis Ababa is a very big city, uh, and uh, grew up in an uh, impoverished uh, you know, community. And my, my family uh, and I and you know, my friends in the community faced so many challenges. Uh, but uh, God has blessed me uh, with people who um, gave me, encouraged me, and gave me love and, and, and hope. Uh, and when I was uh, about nine years old, uh, Compassion International came through our church, uh, and I got enrolled uh, in the program, in the sponsorship program. And uh, you know, that, through that program, my basic needs were met, uh, but uh, above all, you know, my, my hopes and my dreams were restored. Um, and a big part of that uh, is the, you know, the staff uh, and the, the local church people who are coming alongside me and my friends, uh, but also a family from England, uh, the, the Turners, you know, um, Derek and Gillian Turner, who uh, uh, sponsored me for about nine years from third grade all the way until I finished high school. They wrote letters to me. Uh, they, they encouraged me. They prayed for me. And we had that relationship that still uh, is, is um, I'm still friends with them. And so that's just a, a life-changing uh, friendship and relationship that has um, transformed my life. And today, uh, I am I'm a child advocate. I uh, you know, speak on behalf of vulnerable uh, and orphan children around the world. Uh, so... Uh, so they are a big, a big part of my story. So, so God worked in your life as a young child and mm-hmm. equipped you through this ministry to now lead the ministry uh, with us and with Children's Hope Chess. Um, can you tell us a bit about what this partnership with CHAPA um, is going to look like? How, how is that going to work for us as a congregation? Thank you. That's a good question. Uh, and uh, CHAPA community, it's a rural community, in Ethiopia, in southern Ethiopia, it's around like 185 miles south of Addis Ababa, where I grew up. Uh, and the, the leaders of Chapa are very, uh, very brave uh, and very humble leaders. And today they know that we are launching this partnership with St. Timothy's today. Uh, and they are very excited about that. They are praying and they are with us in, in, in a spirit. Uh, and uh, just to, to let you know a little bit about Chapa, and we had started the uh the sponsorship program the uh the, the care point 10 years ago uh and so the the children were like little at that time uh, but now they have grown up and they are like uh, in middle school high school and teenage and and young adults and there are uh, sponsorships the, the sponsorship program there helps the children with education nutrition health care uh discipleship life skill trainings and vocational trainings and this holistic support that they, they receive um, at the care point. Uh, and, it's, um, and your partnership with CHAPA Care Point comes at a very crucial time, right, where these uh, young men and women uh, are, are facing very difficult um, uh, you know, 
choices right now in their, in their stage of life. Uh, and so you coming alongside them, supporting them and encouraging them would really, uh, you know, uh, shape their, their trajectory, you know, for, for their future. Uh, and for the young men and women, we are equipping them uh, to, 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 to thrive and to succeed. And then their families uh, also to help them become, uh, you know, independent, financially independent, and help the community overall uh, to be in a place where they are, you know, self-sufficient, and at some point that they will be able to do this on their own uh, and care for the, you know, the vulnerable uh, in their community on their own. So this, this is um, your partnership is coming in a very important, very crucial time in the, in the partnership. Yeah. So in reality, at the care point, um, they've been going for 10 years, but kind of half-funded. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So they identified, you know, almost 150, but right. 79 of them still have not been sponsored. Yes. And so we have this opportunity to come in in their teenagers to help them really finish strong. Yes. And to yes. even yeah. have a greater hope that they, in fact, can successfully not only be mm -hmm. self-sustained, but actually be leaders of that community. Absolutely. Yeah. So Children's Hope Chest has a friendship model. Yes. And yeah. we're, we're going to have an opportunity for our members to to become a friend, to sponsor a child, $45 a month, mm -hmm. uh, committing at first for just the first year and then see how it goes from there, but hopefully for seven years. Yes. But we've never done this before. We've done lots of other things as a congregation, but mm -hmm. 10,000 miles away, that's a long way to have a friend. Tell us a bit about how we can be friends and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and maybe even how you were friends with people in England when you were mm -hmm. in Ethiopia. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good question. Uh, and yes, it's like, can I make a difference 10,000 miles away from here, right? Uh, and I have, I have seen that in my, in my story and I have, shared, I have shared that with you. And today we are inviting you into this friendship, in this, into this relationship with these, uh, you know, teenagers and young, young adults at, at Chapa. Uh, care point. So when, uh, if the Lord stirs your heart and leads you to become friends with them, uh, when you sign up today uh, and when you submit your picture, you are giving the, this youth, uh, you know, an agency uh, and a voice so, so that they could choose you. So on May 6th, uh, we would have like a huge celebration uh, and a friendship day at Chapa Care Point Community where the, the youth will be going, going there and seeing your pictures, and they, cho they choose who they want to be friends with. Uh, so that's like a, a very uh, special way to, uh, to start a friendship, right? That you know that this, this young man or women have chosen you, you know, to, to, to start a relationship with you. And, and that's very, um, you know, empowering, and it would really help, uh, you know, help them Thrive and thrive and succeed. Uh, you know, yes. Now, now, how often should we like expect to hear from them? How do how does this connection Con happen? Connection works. That's a good question. And so you have the opportunity to uh, write letters to them. They'll write letters back to you three times uh, a year. You would get updates from from the care point on re on regular basis. Uh, and you would also have the opportunity uh, to to go and visit them and build the you know the relationship. But you know, participate in special projects that would help the community uh, to, to, to succeed. You know, so it would be uh, uh, like a, a relationship and a friendship. It's not a transaction, but a, a relationship that is transformative. And you are, you know, changing lives there. 
but also uh, it, through that experience, you will grow and your lives would, would also be you know, touched and transformed. That's wonderful. So when we send $45, we're not sending it to a particular person. Mm-hmm. We're sending mm-hmm. it to the care point so yes. that they can establish in the community the resources that that community needs that will meet the needs of that individual. That's correct. We're going yes. to be writing at least three times a year. Mm-hmm. We're going to be getting quarterly updates. updates we're going to yes. have an ongoing website that mm-hmm. we can watch and see what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, that's, yes. that's fabulous. So I that, think that's a friendship that, uh, that beats that 10,000 Miles, exactly. Right? So. And of course, we're going this summer, this summer uh, yeah. that last day of July and the first week of August. So if you'd like to join with us and go, you can talk to Marilyn after the service. And we have a meeting coming up next Sunday after each service to talk about the trip. If you want to fly and go with us to, we call that the vision trip where yes. we get to meet these people. Yeah, and they are very excited to have you and, you know, celebrate that yeah there's one other thing that's happening that the congregation may not know about and that is we've we've uh, asked uh chapa excuse me we've asked children's hope chest to videotape the the celebration and we're going to get to see the video of them choosing us and there will be a celebration coming in may where the the people who sign up today to be friends will get to actually see that event yes that uh, that would be beautiful beautiful uh event yeah for sure thank you so much if you'd like to talk more with akelt he's going to be in the fellowship hall between services thank you thank you so much much. we'll see you up there So last year in 2022, we did a read through the Bible program that we called Hearing God's Voice. And and one of the questions I got over and over again was, you know, how do you really know uh, if you're hearing God's voice? And and I will tell you, without a doubt, the, the mission team that's been working feels like we have heard God's voice calling us into this ministry in Chapa. Uh, in a similar way, it's interesting, on the road to Emmaus, uh, these two disciples uh, were walking. First off, one of them is completely anonymous. We don't even have that person's name. And the other, Cleopas, is certainly not among the twelve. And yet, as they're walking home from Jerusalem, about seven miles, Jesus shows up to them. And, of course, they don't recognize him at first, but then he, he makes himself known, he he, he reveals himself in the breaking of the bread. And he also does another thing. He reveals to them the truth of who he is by expounding upon the scriptures that foretold the Messiah would suffer and die. In the breaking of the bread, they recognize him. And the first thing these two disciples do is they run back the seven miles to Jerusalem. They go to the 11 that are gathered there, ready to announce, in fact, they have seen Jesus risen from the dead, bearing witness to the resurrection to the disciples. Even before they can get it out of their mouths, they find out that Simon Peter has also seen the risen Christ. And so there are two witnesses to the resurrection happening here. But you can see a part of the power of the resurrection is also being a witness of the truth and power of the resurrection to others, including others within the gathering of the faithful. We need the witness of each other to strengthen and encourage our faith as well as the freedom and the calling that we would follow to be a witness to those who do not yet know 
the resurrection of Jesus in their own lives. Listen uh, to this word from Acts. Be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. That word Lord is often interesting in our scriptures, especially in the Old Testament when it's all capitals. It really is Yahweh. It's the name of God. And whenever we see all those capitals, we shouldn't necessarily think master. We should think Yahweh, the the personal God who's revealed himself to us and makes himself known. But in this case, in Acts, they're not just trying to name the personal name of God. They're telling us that Jesus was made known to us as Lord and Master of our lives. That Jesus is going to be our our guide. That we are going to follow him, submit to the Lordship of Christ. He is, in fact, the one anointed by God to have authority over the heaven and the earth. In Matthew, it tells us all authority has been given to him. And then he tells us, go and make disciples. So we want to recognize that right in here in the first part of Acts, they recognize that the risen Christ is the one who has been put in authority and is Lord of all. Listen to a little bit later. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This empowering presence of the living God, the promise is for you and for your children and for those who are far off. You see, the reality of life in that day is not much different in this sense than the reality of life in our day. We feel distanced, 10,000 miles. How can we possibly be friends with people 10,000 miles. Well, we're not just going to be friends. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, mutual witnesses of faith to encourage one another. The, the distance in miles is overcome by the power of the Lord Jesus who makes us all his own. And so we're, we're, we reach out, we support, we encourage our brothers and sisters of Christ here at St. Timothy's and literally throughout the world. Listen to 1 Peter. Since you call on a father who judges each person impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. You see, the power of the resurrection is to say you are now no longer citizens here. You are now citizens of heaven. The power of the resurrection is to change your identity now as children of the living God. And that's why this relationship as brothers and sisters in Christ rises to a whole new level because who you are has been changed as God has changed his relationship with us. He's made us his friends and now we are brothers and sisters in Christ together. And then there's this interesting word at the bottom. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. The suggestion is that this resurrection power, this presence of the Holy Spirit, changes our worldview. It changes how we see things. It changes how we value things things and people 
And so the, the transformation that faith brings into our lives, we begin to see things that look important but in fact are not. And we begin to see things that seem unimportant and realize they are important. A beautiful word last year, or last week I mean, in worship, when we heard in the announcement uh, from Ruth about, we're going to say to these children, these youth in Chapa, you matter to God and you matter to us, even if you live in a world that says you're insignificant. You matter. You're my brother. You're my sister. And we are together in the family of God. Jesus reveals himself to us. Again, that question as we're reading through the scripture last year, how do I know, how do I recognize the voice of God in my life? Well, it comes first and foremost through God revealing himself in the scripture. We are called by God to be in his word so that we can hear his voice and recognize it and become familiar with it as we hear it in the Bible. Jesus began with Moses and all the prophets and he explained to them what was in the scripture concerning himself. It's not for us to philosophize about what, who God is or what God is like. It's for us to read the scripture and ask the question, what has God said about himself? What can we know about him and his values and what he cares about in the word of God? But that doesn't necessarily confirm a sense of calling in our own lives. And a lot of us kind of wonder, well, how can I know when God is speaking? Pastor Jim, how did you know? And, and mission team, how do you know that this relationship with Chapa is something that God has called us to do? So I want to tell you just a little bit quickly as an example of how God can confirm his word in us uh, by what has happened here. And it's Jonah's fault. Pastor Jonah is the one that really got this started. And in fact, uh, Pastor Jonah got this started because of our relationship with Water Mission. Water Mission had in its, in its ministry, in its source with those whom it served, a deep relationship of community uh, elevation. They were not simply a relief organization. They were a developmental organization in the places they served. St. Timothy sent a lot of money. You guys were amazingly generous. It was a great thing. And the work that Water Mission did was great. But some of the questions that were raised is, is well, can we be directly in relationship with those who are being served through these gifts? And the answer was no. Uh, Water Mission did. And that was fabulous. But there was an arm's length between the people who sent the funding and that relationship. So, so Jonna set aside a team of people, uh, and they started a year ago, July, maybe two years ago, July, anyway, to read this book, When Helping Hurts. And they were trying to move us in our understanding beyond relief for a day to elevation for a lifetime, teaching someone how to fish rather than giving them a fish. And this is an incredible book, and believe me, your mission team struggled with this book. But as they journeyed through, right in the middle of it, Pastor Jonah felt called to leave 
St. Timothy's, and she said, here you go, Pastor Jim. And she said, Ruth, Harden, you're now in charge of this book study group. Uh, Go for it. And so I joined Ruth and the team, and we continued that study through the next half year. And in that process, we discovered that, that there was an organization that built itself on the principles of When Helping Hurts, and that was Children's Hope Chest. And we thought, huh, maybe we should talk to them and see what they're really all about. And so we got on a Zoom call, COVID Zoom calls, boy, did we learn, uh, and, and we learned about their principles, which were right in line with everything we had been talking about and working on. And we thought, okay, this could be good. And then we realized that Children's Hope Chest is at work in Ethiopia. And the, the Makana Jesus Church in Ethiopia is the only church with whom the NALC has a full communion relationship. And in fact, they're also in relationship with LCMC. It's also, just as an aside, the fastest growing church in the world. There was a church plant about two years ago, and what we found out was that church plant has already planted eight more churches. The struggle is they're planting churches so fast they don't have enough pastors. And a year ago, one of the things that happened was uh, there was a flood and the seminary was destroyed. And so even before we began this conversation, St. Timothy sent a huge benevolence gift uh, to rebuild the seminary in Ethiopia. It also just so happens that Marilyn's father in his last call in Madagascar opened a radio voice of the gospel which was sponsored by the radio voice of the gospel in Addis Ababa and had a connection there. It it also just so happens Marilyn's brother, when he did internship, did an internship in Ethiopia with radio voice of the gospel. So we've had these connections, including even in the last uh, four of the last five years, I've been in a close relationship working on the ministry board with a pastor who was born in Ethiopia. He He was in Colorado, by the way, and he's now serving in Torrance, California. And, and hearing the stories of how God is at work even in the United States through people of faith coming from Ethiopia. They're sending missionaries to us. They're sending missionaries around the world, even in the midst of a really, really huge need uh, in their own land. And so many, many elements sort of combining together with this this idea of this calling that matches a study that began years ago, and now all of a sudden there's a connection. And it just so happens that the Chapa Care Point is officed in the Lutheran Church Jesus in Chapa, where we're going to visit the first week of August. And again, connect to our brothers and sisters in Christ, coming alongside to encourage one another in faith and in life, and belief in the power of the resurrection that indeed is at work in our lives and that we can know and understand through the scripture, through the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and through the words and communication of God's people and the relationships that God calls us into. We can look at those and say, well, pastor, that's just a coincidence. 
I call it a God incident. When, when the circumstances of our lives, when the conversations with our brothers and sisters in Christ, when the sermons in church and the, and the word of God in his Bible study begin to align, I believe that's a confirmation of the nudging and voice of God that will allow us to say, yes, Lord, what you call me to, I will do. I was talking to one of our members. I hope Ruth isn't in the room. She might not like me to say this. I was talking to one of our members uh, this week, and we were talking about this launch, and I was saying, how have you felt about the announcements that have been happening? What have you been feeling about that? And she said, she didn't want to say. The the first thing she did was say nothing. She just kind of looked away. And I said, no, I'm asking you because I really want to know. And she said, you know, the truth is, what God has been, been moving in me is a concern here. What about the homeless here? What about the people in need right here in our own community? And I said to her very clearly, I said, you know what? It's very possible that God is not calling you to connect as a partner with Chapa, but God is calling you to connect with the ministries we're already doing here in local ministry. It's not an either or. It's a, it's a both end for us as a con as a community of faith. And you need to sense what God is doing and moving in you, in scripture, in conversation, in prayer. And and just when God asks you to do something, I just want you to understand something. When Jesus is the Lord, the master of our lives, and he asks you to do something, do you know what the answer is? Yes, Lord. And so what is God moving you to do? How is the power of the resurrection at work in your life so that when the Lord prompts you locally, globally to do something, your answer is, yes, Lord, I am your servant. Give me the power to do whatever you call me to do, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I'm not sure how it's going to work, even if I don't feel equipped. Lord, you will equip me as you have called me to serve you. All these connections are what work in, in my heart and mind to confirm the, the movement of God in our lives. And, and in my experience, I used to say of myself, God has to sometimes just hit me upside the head with a two-by-four. And I said that because when I realized that God was actually calling me to do something, I was looking back and seeing all these times he had whispered and prompted that I had ignored and that's why I said he's just got to really smack me upside the head for me to get it. I'm just a little dense. And then I realized something. No. No, I haven't been dense. What I have been is set up. God has prepared my heart in the many previous conversations. So now as he moves with this voice, I can recognize I can confirm that it is in fact him calling me now to act and I can act with confidence as I surrender to the power and movement of God in my life. I believe we are called as a community of faith to enter into this relationship. I believe we will be blessed as we will be a blessing and I look forward to our partnership in this way and for the updates of how God moves in and through our lives Uh, to make this a new reality in the history and movement of God through this amazing congregation. Resurrection power 
is at work. It will allow us to do things we can't even imagine. Thanks be to God. Amen.